welcome to the What the Fuck Is That podcast, where we ask the age-old question of what the fuck is that? I'm your host, Jess. I'm Jen. And guess what? What? We got our first patron on Patreon. Woohoo! Thank you so much, Melanie, for joining the ranks as our very first patron member. Melanie is joining us at the Mystic Mentor level. If you guys haven't checked out our Patreon, first of all, why? Second of all, it's really cute. We have all the names of the different levels. So Melanie is coming in at our middle level of Mystic Mentor. Woohoo! At our very bottom level, which guys is only like $3 a month. Yep. Is our Haunted Enthusiast. Ooh. 10 out of 10. And then our top producers are our Phantom Producers. Love it. Like how Phantom of the Opera-y can we get <laughs> with these names? I love it. How many of our favorite things can we tie in with just names of our beautiful patrons on Patreon? I don't know. We'll have to figure it out. So if you'd like to check out our Patreon, you can head over to our Instagram, which is WTF is that pod. Over there, you'll find the link to our link tree, which has our Patreon, our Amazon wish list, the link to Spotify, which if you go over to Spotify and give us a like and review, let the Spotify gods know that you love our podcast and what we are doing. It'll share the podcast with more people who will also love what's going on. Over on our link tree is also a link to our Google Forms for our creepy campfire stories. While we don't have a specific date in mind yet for when those stories will come out, we are still accumulating them so that way when we do drop that episode, we can look through all of those glorious stories and find the best ones. I think we're just gonna like keep it at that today okay. because we, we kind of have a lot to go over. We got a long one today. Yeah, so like... TLDR, we're talking about the Branch Davidians. Yeah. And and there's there's a lot to cover on that religion cult religion. <laughs> yeah. That <laughs> that thing. So let's get on into this. Alright. Hey Jen. Hey Jess. Have you ever heard of the Branch Davidians? What the fuck is the Branch Davidians? Uh, thank you so much for asking, and I would just love to tell you. I hate that voice so much. <laughs> you had to do it. Yes. Valley Girl. Okay. To figure out who the Branch Divinians really are, we need to figure out their journey story. Okay. How did we get from point A, a man named Victor Huff, to the Waco Massacre? With David Koresh. There's a lot of history in there. I know that. Oh, there's there's definitely a lot going on here. So let's get started. <laughs> okay. What we now know as the Branch Davidians started with a man named Victor Huff, who was born in Bulgaria and originally part of the Greek Orthodox Church. Okay, cool. Yeah. He was expelled from his country and the church and arrived in America in 1907 at the age of 21. Red flag. Well, and especially since like <laughs> I couldn't find out specifically why, I got that it had to do with like the Bulgarian social movement, but I was like, why? But red flag, you got kicked out of your church and your, your country? country? Yeah, like, okay, cool. <laughs> okay, he gets to America, it's 1907. Okay, cool. And at 1919, so he's 33 now. Okay. He 
joins the Seventh-day Adventist Church in Rock Form, Illinois. Okay. Which, I'm pretty sure those are both pretty strict religions. Yeah, I was going to say it goes from one set structure to another. Yeah, and I don't know if it's just like Christians and Catholics where they pray to different people or... (laughs) (laughs) I just know that Seventh-day Adventists are also strict because I think of Mrs. Kim from Gilmore Girls. Yeah, that's the first person who pops into my mind. Yeah. 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 Is this just becoming a Gilmore Girls podcast? (laughs) Slowly but surely. So after joining the Seventh-day Adventist church, he ended up moving to California and ascended to lay leader. Don't worry, I looked up what it is. Okay, thanks. welcome so a lay leader functions as the primary representative and role model of a christian disciplineship and faith lived out of the church and in daily life so he's like a role model in the church like an elder almost don't they know that he got kicked out of his last church apparently they were like no fuck the greek orthodox you're on our side (laughs) I mean, he I got know, kicked man. out of his country, my dude. Okay, well, like, just wait, because he kind of seems like a narcissist. Oh, great. And so this is the narcissist ploy, where they get in your ranks. Ah, uh, they use the charm. Yeah, so yeah. so just wait. So he um, ascended to lay leader. Okay. As well as Sabbath school teacher. Gross. Which isn't that, kids? Yep. It gives me the ick. It also gives me the ick. By 1929, I mind you, he's now 43. Okay. He decided to challenge the church's theology and began teaching his own doctrine. Red flag number two. Right? Okay, but like you were in this place of power where... Honestly, that's like red flag number five. Yeah. You know, (laughs) there's just red flags left and right. Looks like damn confetti in here. (laughs) But... You are in a place where you are called a role model and a representative and people have to listen to what you say and you're just throwing in like your fanfic. Yeah. Abuse of power much? (laughs) Yeah. It's a little weird. Um, He then published a manifesto, which immediately, if you call it a manifesto, wrong energy. Yeah. Immediately wrong energy. No. Red flag Hard number six hundred and eighty-seven. To bring him back to a place of Gilmore Girls, it's like when Paris is running for president, <laughs> and she shows Rory her yeah. notes on what to do for school cancel, and she goes, "Lose the, lose the word manifesto," and I think you're on to something. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah, no manifesto, nada. Um, but anyways, he called his manifesto Shepherd's Rod. It's extremely phallic. I'm so glad you also <laughs> said that. Because, <laughs> because when I was first reading it, I went, gay? <laughs> <laughs> I say that lovingly. I'm bisexual. Like, I... <laughs> It's fine. It's the same energy as, like, two guys chilling in a hot tub five feet apart because they're not gay. (laughs) 
Anyways, yeah. Um, giggle, giggle, hee hee. Uh, <laughs> okay, so teaching as manifesto has this high power in the Seventh Day Adventist Church, and in November of 1930, they were just like "fuck you" and kicked him out. <laughs> Which, like, fair. Yeah. Yeah. Valid. You know. So, second church he's gotten kicked out of. Yeah. Like, maybe at that point you go, is it me? <laughs> Am, Am I, I the problem? problem? <laughs> <laughs> it's me. Hi. I'm the problem. It's me. <laughs> no, he did not think he was the problem. In fact, he thought he was a prophet. Of course. Yeah, as all these branches do, they always end up being a prophet. All these um, crazies, yeah. Yeah, so in 1935, him and 11 followers obtained 189 acres of land on the shore of Lake Waco, Texas, that they named Mount Carmel. At this point, he is printing his own, like, fanfic. I'm just going to keep calling I love it fanfic. It. Yeah, I was about to say, I was like, I love how you keep calling it fanfic. <laughs> but he was publishing his own writings left and right and having it them, like, infiltrated into Seventh-day Adventist congregations and passing it off as Seventh-day Adventist literature. I just see little spies, like, being sent <laughs> into the churches. <laughs> I just imagine Kronk to do, do, do. <laughs> his explanation on why it was okay for them to be there is he said he was still a part of the seventh day adventist church wrong which like babe you legit got kicked out (laughs) literally they said no thank you they said you're out bye bye he was explaining his teaching as a present truth so, like, he was rebranding the Seventh-day Adventist church? So many red flags. <laughs> he said, let the rain fall down. I don't know how the rest of the song goes. I can hear it in my head, but I can't do the other words. The Hillary Duff one. Let it wash. I don't know. I remember hearing that song on Hip, hip Clips. Really? Do is you it remember that old? Hip yes, absolutely. But is it that old? Pretty sure. Holy shit. Because I remember I made, because everyone knows my friends, other than Jenny for whatever reason, are all older than me. <laughs> like, all of my friends are older than me. And so when I was young, I had a friend who was two years older than me who lived across the street. And her house was like the one house that I was allowed to go to all the time. Yeah. And so I distinctly remember, like, sitting in her room on, like, a shag carpet, like, putting in these little hip clips. And I thought it was the coolest shit I had ever seen. Yeah, I definitely had that when I was little. I don't think I had that specific one, but I did have uh, NSYNC one. Ooh, yeah. Britney Spears one. Mm-hmm. I want to say an Avril Lavigne one. That sounds about right. That would have been like early, like, yeah, early, early Avril. But yeah, I remember it's somewhere in Ugh. all my junk at home. Yeah, that's one of those things I wanted, but had poor parents. <laughs> <laughs> so I did. Anyways, let's get back to this. 
But yeah, hip clips were the shit. We're gonna have Zillennials or Gen Z be like, what the fuck is that? Well, that's not what our <laughs> statistics on Spotify shows, so we we're go. good. <laughs> you knew that a work of writing there was a part of this branch because it would have a depiction of a scroll unrolling to do like that present truth as if it's like he's still tied to the Seventh-day Adventist church, but he's saying his own things. The the thing that keeps popping into my mind yeah, is Martin Luther taking the 95 theses and tacking them to the doors of the church, the Catholic church. Yeah, he's doing it in like a sneakier way, though. Exactly. (laughs) He doesn't want to come full out and be like, no, but he is like, hey, girl. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) One day we'll have recordings and everyone will just see my fun little hand gestures that I do all the time. What is is up with her hands? Let's see, where were we? Stop staring at me while I blow my nose. Where else am I gonna look? We are sitting in a small room alone together. Look at your tablet. Look over there. Look at the cup. I don't know. Look at this. Look at that. Look at this. Look at that. (laughs) Okay. Are you ready? Go on. Well, you're moving your mic. Okay. Go on. So at this point, we are getting into World War II, and the draft is starting to happen. Yuck. Yeah, awful thing. And the Seventh-day Adventists, because they are so strict, strictly believe in the commandments, like, thou shall not kill, and... But the big... So they follow the commandments very closely, And so people in this branch were trying to get out of the draft and claim religious exemption. However, since they were technically not a part of the Seventh-day Adventist church, like Victor had been fucking kicked out of. (laughs) It didn't work, did it? It didn't work. Ah. So they ended up having to become their own church, which they named Davidian Seventh-day Adventist, but still continued to say that they were fully Seventh-day Adventist. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so um, Victor died in 1955. I bet that brought up a lot of questions. Yeah, so that's always the weird thing. When the person in charge of a (laughs) cult branch of a religion (laughs) then dies, but you have been spending the entire time you've been teaching this branch that you are the prophet of your god and you can't die then you die it's like my dude you knew that you're human and that you're gonna die but you're telling these people you're not gonna die yeah and then guess what you died so then at that point you're just dumb right so then at that point their successor has to be like uh no he's coming back (laughs) and that's exactly what happened here Because Victor passed away in 1955, and the congregation was taken over by his wife, Florence. But, like, why couldn't they all just disperse? Their prophet dies. It's like, okay, maybe 
maybe it wasn't. Maybe let's try something else. Yeah. No. So, like, why wouldn't you just disperse? I don't know. Brand loyalty? I don't know. <laughs> okay. So, mind you, this is 1955 when Victor passes away. He took these 11 members away in 1935. It's been 20 years. So it's very likely that these 11 members have had kids. And so the only thing they know is this religion. I mean, that's fair. But I don't know. I I can't say anything. I haven't put myself in that situation. I hope to never put myself in that situation. But it's a wild thing of like, oh, some people are just so devoted to what they want to see. Florence ended up selling Mount Carmel in 1956 and began buying land 20 miles away, ending up with 943 acres, establishing new Mount Carmel Center. Jeez. It's a lot of land. Yeah. Like, one would argue too much. I can't even fathom that amount of land. It's also Texas. People own a lot of land. Yeah. (laughs) For no fucking reason. So like we talked about earlier, Florence now had to have the task of reassuring these people that no, Victor was actually the prophet. So she had said that on April 22nd, 1959, Jesus would return and Victor would be resurrected as the antitypical David to the hand of the kingship over Christ. Okay. So he would be like a King David type person. So he would be like Jesus' right hand man, I guess. Okay. Which like, okay, you go gun Coco. <laughs> but as is the case with like every single one of these resurrection stories, guess what? It didn't happen. It didn't happen. Jeez. Yeah. So at this point, people were like, nah, fuck this noise and splintering began to happen. Well, good. Which totally understandable. Yeah. Totally get that. Florence ended up resigning from the position in March of 1962. Okay. So this... So she was in charge for seven years. I was about to say, I was like, for several years. I don't know how you fuck it up that quickly, but she did. One of these splinters was taken over by Benjamin Roden. He then renamed them Branch Davidian Seventh-day Adventist and began proclaiming himself as prophet. So what were they before? So before they were just Davidian Seventh-day Adventists. Okay. And now they are Branch Branch Davidian Davidian. Seventh-day Adventists. Okay. Which again makes sense because they are branching off from this original group that Florence splintered. Yeah. So again, calling himself prophet, all that good stuff like before. But again, as we've already talked about, these prophets are just mere mortals. And Benjamin died in 1978. (laughs) Do you want to guess who took over his position? Is is this where David Koresh comes in? No, not oh. yet. It was his wife, again, because for whatever reason, oh, obviously I die, obviously my wife takes over. So apparently in this new branch, they just felt like the title of prophet could be taken over by anybody, because then Louise Roden declared herself as prophet. Okay. Because why not? 
I, I guess, you know, yeah. you just become prophets all nilly willy. Just because. So I guess the mantle was supposed to be taken over by Ben's son, George. But the mom started to have spiritual visions. Oh, God. And the congregation chose her over her son. So they so, were like, that's cool. Let's give it to your mom. So more than likely, this woman is either making everything up or she's schizophrenic. She's extremely manipulative is what I feel like. Awesome. Yeah. So Lois was also like hella feminist. Uh-huh. Like she turned the church into a feminist movement. And she began touring around on tour like... A speaking tour, almost. Yeah. And proclaiming, like, their religion and feminism. Meanwhile, they have all this land. They have Mount Carmel still. Okay. Like, the new Mount Carmel center. They still have that. Okay. But it is falling apart. It's crumbling around them because she's not putting money into it. She's doing this tour and focusing on her. At this time, George, who's the son of Lois the Now Prophet and the dead Benjamin ex-prophet, yeah. attempts to take over Mount Carmel. Bless you. Thank you. Sorry. She ended up getting a court order to keep George off the property. What? But he just kept coming back when she was touring because he's like, what are you going to do? You're not even here. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. Right. So it's at this point in 1981 that a young man named Vernon Howell comes to Mount Carmel as a handyman. He ended up giving a four-hour religious lecture and was just like a helpful dude around Mount Carmel. And he quickly became Lois's right-hand man. Okay. Lois died in 1986... And that's when Vernon Howell, also known as David Koresh, oh. became leader of the Branch Davidians. Uh, so that's that's where he comes from. And that's where we're at now is 1986. So at this point, we come to a name that everyone knows. And that is David Koresh. Yes. Who took over upon Lois's death in 1986 the age of 27 dear lord he was our age yeah like he was a young guy wow but let's get into david koresh in general like what got him to the point of being 27 and this in this position of power okay david koresh was actually born as vernon wayne howell on august 17th 1959. So he's a Leo. I feel like you want to make a joke there. I'm just... I said nothing. I just said he's a Leo. Anyways. Whatever. Your daughter's a Leo and so's your best friend. Deal with it. I know. And you are both equally problems. So he was born... (laughs) He was born in Houston, Texas to Bonnie Clark, a single 15-year-old mother. Oh, dear Lord. And (laughs) 20-year-old Bobby Wayne Howell. Gross. 
What do you, as a 20-year-old, have Have, in common with a 15-year-old child? I can tell you absolutely nothing. Zero. You have zero things. And I don't want to hear shit about it. (laughs) Koresh actually didn't meet his father until he was a teenager. Due to his dad being MIA and his mom being a literal child. Yeah. He ended up being raised by his grandparents. Doesn't surprise me. No, which again makes sense. Because again, it's 1959. Koresh struggled in school due to his poor eyesight and dyslexia. Which he was bullied for mercilessly. And got the nickname Vernie, which he hated. I think it's kind of cute. But that's just me. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, that actually sounds really cute. I know, but this is a kid who already has all these other issues and, like, other self-identifying problems. I mean, fair, yeah. Yeah. So, to cope with this ongoing isolation that he was feeling, he began reading the Bible and playing music. Because that's what every teenage boy does. Obviously, you have to have a hyperfixation, and he chose guitar and the Bible. Interesting so, combination. So much so that he was considered a biblical genius, because he memorized the entire New Testament by the age of 12. Memorized the entire New Testament by 12. That's a lot. I know some 12-year-olds who can't, like, aim for the toilet correctly. <laughs> Yeah, you're not wrong. Like, what do you mean? So Koresh ended up becoming a born-again Christian at the Southern Baptist Church. However, he disagreed with their teachings and joined the Seventh-day Adventist Church instead. Ah, ha, Tie-in. Of course. Of course. And, um... I'm just warning you now, it's going to get a little icky. Like, it was already a little icky with his mom being 15 and his dad being 20. But it's going to get a little ickier. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah. So, while at the Seventh-day Adventist church, the other congregants saw him as overbearing and was always trying to convert them into his interpretation of religion. Yeah. He was very much like... I know the best, I know all these things, and you're dumb, and so obviously listen to me type gotta, person. Gotta love those arrogant pricks. So here's where it, where it starts to get icky. Great. Okay, let's go. At 19, Koresh got a 15-year-old pregnant through rape. Gross. Yeah. And then he became infatuated... With the pastor's daughter. Do you want to guess how old his daughter was? Fifteen? No. Oh. What? Twelve. Ew. Infatuated with her. Gross. And he said while praying for guidance that he opened his eyes and found the Bible open to Isaiah thirty four sixteen, which stated that none should want for her mate. He was like, oh my god, this is a sign from God, went to the pastor and told him that God wanted him to elope with his 12-year-old daughter. Because obviously that's what that means. Oh my god. Yeah, the pastor was like, fuck you, 
and kicked him out of the church. I would hope so. So now he is also kicked out of the Seventh-day Adventist church. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, in his early 20s, he spent a short time in Los Angeles trying to make it as a rock star. What is up with these cult leaders wanting to become rock stars before? I don't know. <gasps> it's the narcissism. Probably, yeah. Uh... Which rock star do you know that isn't a raging narcissist? This is also true. Yeah. So, I mean, one way to get fame is to have people beck and call on your every word as a cult leader. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Quite clearly, his music career did not work out for him. Clearly, yeah. And in 1981, at 22, he came to Waco. Okay. He just has this thing for young girls. Of course he does. It's gross. Because now it's 1984, so that makes Koresh 25. Okay, yeah. And he married 14-year-old Branch Davidian member Rachel Jones. Gross. Who he then had two children with. No. Cyrus and Star. No. I do like those names, though. (laughs) I like Cyrus, not so much Star. I like it as, like, a middle name, but I still like it. It's one of those things where I'm like, I wouldn't name you that fully, but I do really like it. It's the little hippie inside me that's like, <laughs> mm. just like I like the name Luna, but that's a dog's name, and so I wouldn't name that's my child that. <laughs> no offense to all the Lunas out there. Every Luna I know is an adorable little baby, and I want to kiss them on their little heads and give them little smooches, but it's a dog's name. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know there's some people out there with that name, but I I can't unhear it as a dog's name. My bad. (laughs) It's at this time that he begins teaching his own biblical interpretations in lectures. He calls them lectures, not manifesto, which I mean, like, I guess a step in the right direction. Is it, though? Called the shepherd's root, which caused unrest amongst the group. Still extremely phallic. Again, yeah, I, you know what? I don't think Shakespeare had this many references (laughs) to fallacies in his play, but here we are. So, like, this caused unrest amongst the group. Obviously, he's bringing in these new teachings and being like, hey, this is the way. Yeah. This unrest caused a leadership dispute between Koresh and George Roden, like, Lois's... Son? Yeah. Oh, okay. So this was the kid who was originally supposed to take over as prophet once yeah. his dad died. Yeah. But then Lois started having visions. Oh. Like, he's still around. Just hanging out. Like, his mom's dead and he's still just around. But didn't take leadership. Huh. Okay. Yeah. So obviously these two are clashing. Yeah. Because you have a... Someone who has narcissistic tendencies... Clashing with somebody who was told that they are a prophet and going to take over. Yeah. That's a lot going on in one room. A lot of testosterone, yeah. Yeah. So the feud actually reached a boiling point after Rodin accused Koresh of setting fire and destroying an administrative building and the press. 
Koresh claimed the fire was a judgment of God. But he actually did it, right? Who can say? Oh, gosh. Who can say? So, Rodan actually, for a while, seemed to win this feud that they were having. Okay. Because he got Koresh out at gunpoint and got him to flee to eastern Texas. Oh, jeez. So, Koresh went, okay. He gathered the followers that were loyal to him from this sect. Uh Uh-huh. And ended up going to Israel for a while, where he then claimed to have visions revealing that he was the modern-day reincarnation of the prophet Cyrus, who liberated the Jews from Babylon. Okay. How specific. Yeah. I can't even remember my dreams and you got all that. (laughs) Yeah. That's, wow. Okay. Delusion. Yeah, that's that's a lot going on. Then in 1987, Koresh and a handful of devotees returned to Texas heavily armed. Oh, gosh. Rodin ended up being shot but survived. Koresh and his followers went to trial, but Koresh received a mistrial and all of his followers were acquitted. Huh. Wow. Which, like... I feel like they were almost just like, this is none of our business. Yeah. So we're just going to let it go. Wow, that's crazy. As if the state wanted to be like, no, no, no. (laughs) We are not going to touch this. And then in 1989, Rodin was arrested for the murder of Wayman Dell Adair, whom Rodin claimed Koresh had sent to kill him. What? So, okay, so this other guy competing for the title of prophet uh-huh. ended up killing this other guy, but saying he did it because he thought Koresh had sent him as a hitman. Okay. The amount of paranoia you yeah. have to have to go, I think he sent them as a hitman. Wow. Baby, Okay. Now that Rodin was out of the way, Koresh was able to reclaim Mount Carmel Center and became the leader of the Branch Davidians. Of course he did. So it was like this whole thing that he went through to take over after Lois, even though Lois had been like, yo, this man right here, he's in charge. (laughs) Yeah, that was a lot to go through. Like, that's a lot of history of just one branch of... This entire religion that's Oh, yeah. This is just, like, one little thing. And this is, like, the snippet version. Yeah. I thought about going in a whole deep dive on what the religion actually believes in. However, I may be spiritual, but I am not religious. No, you're not. And the thought (laughs) of combing through all of that, I did not have the mental capacity to. So this was like the Cliff Notes version. There we go. Cool. It works. In 1990, he legally changed his name from Vernon Howell to David Koresh. So he actually chose this name for biblical reasons because of course he did. Of course. Of course he did. His new first name was in reference to King David. While his last name was Cyrus's biblical name because remember... Jesus told him 
that he is the prophet Cyrus. Of course. And so that is the entire background and history of David Koresh and the Branch Davidians. Wow. That was a lot. But thank you for that research. Thank you. I know I'm realizing right now that I didn't say um, this is going to be a two-parter. Yeah. And I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) There was just no way that I was going to be able to get everything that I wanted to talk about in the build-up to the religion. Okay, here's my thing. Yeah, what happened in Waco was a big deal, but we need to know all of the circumstances that built up to this point. There's a lot of backstory. Because just going into Koresh's leadership, there's already been a ton of blood that's been shed. He has already amped up. He's had to win this position. Yeah. And now he intends to hold it. Oh, yeah. As anyone would, once you get, regardless of, like, if it's a place of power, but once you get to a certain position, the goal is to hold that position. For as long as possible. Or build to something bigger. Yeah. So, I, unless we talk about the whole buildup of the religion as a whole and Koresh, we won't be able to fully understand how Waco happened and why. Yeah. But yeah, so next time we're going to talk about more of the specifics of the Mount Carmel Center and Koresh's teachings and then the whole Waco massacre. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that'll be a fun thing to look forward to for the next time. Woohoo. And now that I have horrified us with some of the more colorful... <laughs> I don't know if colorful is the word I want to use. Men in the world, would you care to horrify us with a fact? I would. Are you ready? Here, here. No, but you're gonna tell me anyways. I like how that changes every time. Thank you. It's really my goal. <laughs> it's a little, it's more difficult than you would think, okay? <laughs> I believe you. Thank you. All, <laughs> All I right. want is a little validation. Oh, okay. My God, like I don't give that give you that enough. Give me all the praise, please. Praise, please. I'm not gonna feed your kink. It can be a friend kink too. <laughs> <laughs> You're so dumb. <sighs> okay, ready for this fact? No. I'm gonna tell you anyways. Awesome. So, your heart, you know. Oh, like my physical one? Yeah, your okay, physical cool, one. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, the one that goes... Da-da-da-dum. Yeah, in your chest. Yeah. Uh, technically... Okay. It can beat outside of your body. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> That's... Uh... So, I... We have watched Grey's Anatomy together. We have. And we have watched different shows where there are things like that that are shown. Yes. And every time I go, tell me when it's done, please. (laughs) Yeah, you do. Please tell me when it's done because I can't fucking handle it. Hence the reason I told you. Yeah, thank you for that, I fucking guess. You're welcome. 
I mean, haven't you ever seen, like, I need to show you that video. I don't know. <laughs> immediately uh, no. That look <laughs> on your face, immediately no. Immediately no. <laughs> uh, basically, they, like, opened up muscle from, I think it's, like. You can stop right there. That's enough. <laughs> Actually, Pass. I think from a cow that recently passed, like it literally had just died and they open up the muscle and it's still contracting. No. Like you see it's still contracting. No. (laughs) That's enough out of you. Well, if you liked whatever the fuck that was, you will definitely love our Instagram. Our Instagram is WTF is that podcast. Over there, you can find the link to our link tree. Our link tree houses the link to our Spotify, our Amazon wish list, our Patreon, as well as our creepy campfire stories. So please send those in. Thank you so much again to Melanie for being in the first ranks of our Patreon at our Mystic Mentor level. If you would like to join Melanie, our Mystic Mentor, on our Patreon, be sure to check that out and all of our cool levels. If you really like what we're doing here, be sure to like and review the podcast. That is the very best way to let these Spotify gods know that you like what we're doing here and you also think that some other really rad people would like what we're doing here. As always, thank you for listening and don't create a cult. Yeah, don't do that. Bye. 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 B